Eroticism is important. It influences and energizes our entire human experience. Eroticism isn't sex. It's sexuality transformed by our imaginations. We encourage lurid listeners to cultivate eroticism, to play with it, smack it, and rub it down. We want you to enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations spanning many literary genres, including action-adventure, science fiction, romance, horror, fantasy, and paranormal. Please listen responsibly. Lord listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. I am your host, Rose Caraway, and joining me in the studio is Big Daddy, Dave Caraway. Say hey, Big Daddy. What's up? <laughs> I'm going to be calling you Big Daddy on Thursday, huh? Uh, you call me Big Daddy all the time, no, but no, you're but... <laughs> especially going to call me Big Daddy on Thursday. Yeah. Thursday's our day. Yeah, date day. We're trying some new stuff. And you're going to love it. Maybe get a little wet in the... You're already getting wet. <laughs> I might be. You already getting. I already know this about you. I'm already. I'm already in your head, man. You're, well, I'm in my own head. So pardon me if it comes out. Uh, so what have we got in the news realm? The realm of the KMQ. Anything good going on? Well, we have Rachel's book is out. Best Women's Erotica, Volume Seven, which is terrific. It really is terrific. Yeah. Um, Themes of surprise. Yeah. Um, then we have Big Book of Orgasms, Volume 2. That one's out. That one's doing great. Does it get better than an entire book dedicated to the fabulous O? Yeah, yeah. 69 of them. Yeah, it's summertime. It's road trip time. Pick an audiobook, babies. Listen to something we got for you and leave us a sexy review, please. <laughs> yeah. We really do appreciate the reviews you guys have been leaving. Thank you. Even some of the ones that aren't so great, which rarely happens, but it does. I still like them. Like you some, like them? <laughs> like sometimes I think a bad review is almost a good review. Somebody's going to read that review and go, yeah, but I'm not that. And I'm into whatever they're not yeah, liking. Yeah, 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 like, You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless they're a person who just goes, total waste of time, yeah. period. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't <laughs> help like, anybody. <laughs> we can all improve. We love you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, today's story, you know, speaking of, you know, news and maybe trying, I'm going to segue to new things. You know, we've been sort of focusing on keeping that Valentine's Day energy going, right? Yeah, Between, smack your butt. Boom. Um, yeah, I like that a lot. And just really focusing in on what makes you feel good and what makes you feel good with your partner. Um, and today's story, Hot Pockets, is dedicated to those of us who have busy lives um, and we have to like eke out time to be present with each other and be sexual, intimate, uh, mm. just together. <laughs> um, That's practically everyone. Um, you know, you you definitely need couple time uh, away from work, away from responsibilities, just something dedicated to the fun and intimacy that you find, you know, only with your your lover or mm. your partner. Um, but I would like to like extend further than that, and that would be personal time. I 100% believe that you need time to yourself 
to like get back to who you are and then you'll be re-energized hopefully you find something to kind of you know re-energize you and remind you who you are and what you like and what you want and um make you happy (laughs) and feel like joy filled Mm -hmm. um you know like i do the beekeeping thing which is a a very laborsome job but it's also very mentally um stimulating and it's completely different than any of the other things that i do in a way but in another way it's a very sexual thing (laughs) but if you guys have gone to theamatorygarden.com my new website i have a new um blog post that i posted and i'm bringing sexuality and beekeeping and and all that good stuff kind of together it's fun i've got a new post coming and it's gonna talk about my favorite sex toy and bees like what what is your favorite sex toy <laughs> you'll have to wait until the post goes up <laughs> i mean i have some good ideas you have a lot of ideas and you could probably guess yeah, yeah. well also it's sweaty pussy season did you know <laughs> this <laughs> like sweaty close, does not mean unclean shaven. no no i know <laughs> yeah um, so sweaty pussy season. You can hashtag that if you want, you guys. <laughs> and also new over here at Stupid Fish Productions, we have got our Erotica for Men anthology that is just getting so close. It's getting closer and closer every day. Every breath I take, this anthology is getting closer to becoming published. I have finished the first round of edits and, you know, What's really exciting is that we have a few listeners of the of the show who submitted stories and um, we're publishing them. And I'm so I'm so excited about that. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear their stories. I don't know which ones or which one we're going to potentially play on the show, but that'll be a huge moment. And I'm really looking forward to that. You know, we're a two person publishing company. So it's a little like we did cook week and we've had like five audiobooks drop. And so we've been quite busy. So um, right now I'm currently working on erotica for men um, and and the women who love them. And this is, we're calling it a volume two. You know, the first volume was, um, for the men. For the men, but now we're calling it erotica for men. Yeah. We're uh, so. uh, rebranding it. Yeah, we're We re-branding thought it was a little vague. It. For the men, which we like on one hand, but yeah. on the other hand, it's a little vague. Yeah. So we're ma- we're we're making it bigger. Exactly. We're making it better, naughtier. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of variety in there, and uh, the writers freaking delivered, man, and I cannot wait. <sighs> yeah, I'm excited. So These stories are great. Mm-hmm. You know, I was very much a little uh, part of selecting and, and, yeah, and editing even were, in my mm-hmm. way, you know, yeah. like you've done the lion's share of the editing, but. Yeah, but you have a significant part of the editing job done, like, yeah. you know, the male lens, if you will. I know that that's like got a huge negative um uh, vibe to it right now. Ooh, the male lens. Well, in a book like gaze? this, the male gaze, you know, or even the male lens. Like I think I've seen some stuff about that. But for a book like this, like it's for men, so it's required. <laughs> you and know, I'm, I can get so far, but we definitely need a male influence in that editing editing process. So thank you for that, Big Daddy. Well, and how many women want to know what's going on in in the male? lens, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a, quite a bit of appetite there. 
mm-hmm. uh, on on all sides. Well, you know, Rachel Kramer Bustle um, has done the erotica for women, and we can attest to the amount of men mm-hmm. who have really enjoyed that series uh, because it does let you in mm-hmm. to what women like, yeah. what women want, how, how women behave, you know, in erotic fiction, uh, you know, because it's all influenced because it's written by women for women. Yeah. So it's a pretty powerful series. And we're so excited to be bringing you another story from that collection of books. And so, you know, raise your glasses tonight at dinner or on your next date night and just say thank you to Rachel Kramer Bustle and all of the freaking authors. The massive talent that that woman has brought to this series is it gives me goosebumps to think about it because it's pretty impressive, and mm-hmm. you know I'm honored to be able to bring those books to the audiobook format. So, yeah. you know, thank you, Rachel Kramer Bustle and Cleus Press for publishing that series. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think without further ado, we are ready to get into some hot pockets. Mm, hot pockets. <laughs> this story is written by Angelina M. Lopez. Rosemarie took a final tired look around the baby's room and was about to turn off the light when she noticed smudges on the switch. Chocolate? She rubbed the switch clean with the bottom of her nightshirt, then turned it off. She leaned over to scoop up the kids' dirty sheets and groaned when she straightened. That groan was becoming more common. She tossed the sheets to the bottom of the stairs and then looked through her bedroom doorway, the last room to tackle the mid-morning sunlight warming the room and the halcyon call of the rumpled bed made tackling it the last thing she wanted to do. Right now, their little chaotic house was calm and quiet and almost clean. Five minutes, Rosemarie told herself as she dropped the bucket of cleaning supplies and collapsed face down on Jacob's side, her bare claw slippered feet on the ground and her blue satin undied ass poking out. If she crawled all the way onto the bed, she'd be out. Just like this, with the sun on her face, halfway on and halfway off, for five minutes, her eyelashes still tacky with the mascara she hadn't gotten around to removing after work and Friday night pizza and a Disney movie. The squished-up sheets gave off the clean skin scent of her husband, who always smelled like fresh-cut grass, even when he'd been camping in the Blue Ridge Mountains for four days. She kind of resented how good he always smelled. She was so grateful Jacob had started taking charge of Saturday morning sports and birthday parties, leaving her to get the house cleaning. She was grateful their therapist had recommended it. When she was young and envisioned growing old with Jacob, she imagined they would only fight over impossible stuff, the billionaire who wanted to steal Rosemarie away, the movie star who Jacob would ultimately resist. She never imagined getting into scary hissing matches, hissing because they wanted to scream but didn't want to wake the babies, over the dishes. She never imagined Jacob storming out because of a disagreement over a closet rack. 
She'd thrown a dried flower arrangement at him when Naomi needed to be picked up in the middle of the night again because she didn't want to stay at the sleepover she'd begged to attend. The cut under Jacob's eye from the distressed wooden flower box had been Rosemary's last straw. They needed help. It wasn't that one of them hadn't been doing enough. They were both doing too much. Work, kids, house, parents. Jacob's dad moving in had been necessary but awful in the beginning, and there'd been no clear delineation of duties, so they both felt they were half-assing and doubling up and overseeing and being analyzed on everything. It was embarrassing to be in your early thirties and need a chore chart. That chore chart had saved them, giving Rosemary her husband back, but in some ways it took him further away, because now, as a hard-working, double-booked mom of three kids, she never got to see the hard-working, double-booked father of her three children, much less fuck him. Date nights, the therapist said. Rosemary and Jacob looked at each other and thought about his father's slow slide into dementia, and their bank balance, and their therapist bills, and they laughed. Patience, the therapist then advised. This is just a period in your lives. Find pockets of time. Well, their pockets had been coming up empty, and they'd promised forever. Rosemary curled her husband's sweet-smelling sheets around her face and gave herself two more minutes. She blinked awake when she heard a groan. She hadn't slept long, but she'd slept hard, and waking up was like swimming through tub water. She heard quick steps and then a thump directly behind her, in the direction of her exposed blue satin bottom and oversized slippers. Jacob, she mumbled groggily, hoping the kids weren't standing in the room with him, but too cozy to fuss much or even bother to open her eyes all the way. Shh. He hushed her, an urgent note in the sound. Then she felt her snoopy nightshirt sliding up, and lips, warm lips, giving soft, wet touches to the small of her back. Bursts of heat, like those fast-motion images of flowers opening, bloomed where his lips kissed. Jacob, what? He straightened, and her husband, her mild-mannered assistant coach, moving company manager husband, grabbed two hard handfuls of her satin-covered ass. Gotta. His tongue licked at the base of her spine, and liquid heat shot down her thighs. Forgot the juice boxes. Libby's watching Dad and the kids. Just let me... Then his mouth, his lips, and his tongue, and even his teeth followed his fingers as they dragged her panties down, abandoning them at the bend of her knees. Rosemary wondered if she was still dreaming when he ran his tongue back up between her thighs, anchored both hands at the small of her back, then licked, stroked, swirled, and burrowed his tongue into her. Her arms were buried beneath her, and her head felt heavy with shock and sleep, and she was making helpless uh, 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 sounds into the mattress. Her husband was making her fuck his face. She'd never felt so bonelessly out of control. God, Rosie, your taste. Forgot how creamy you are. There was the soft clink and clang of belt and zipper before his strong, baby-catching hands bit into her hips. Let me, Rosie. You gotta let me. She slid her trembling thighs as wide as her panties would let her. Please, she begged, feeling needy and bountiful at the same time. Jacob pushed into her slow and hard until he hit deep. He held himself motionless, and she heard his heavy breaths. 
It feels so good in here. Rosemarie couldn't be bothered to move her warm arms from underneath her or even lift her face from its nest in the sheets. But she arched her spine, letting her muscles grab at him. He gasped low. The mattress shifted as he dug his fists into it. He started to move, pushing his hips into her, and although he'd screwed up his back helping with the neighbor's roof, he could still do that thing, that rolling thing that hit that spot, that spot that made her shriek the first time he touched it when she was nineteen and made him look at her with shocked pride. She moaned into the sheets as her body gobbled him up, gripping every inch of him, rippling and flowing around him. His panting breath sounded like it was coming through his teeth. She could smell the clean sweat of his morning in the sun, and it had her straightening her legs around him, pointing the stuffed claws of her slippers into the wood floor, and using her thighs and ass to squeeze him harder, love him deeper. She was melting over him. He moaned helplessly. Ah, uh, don't, I don't want to. God, you've got me. Please. His words, pleading words from a man who owned her everything, sent the orgasm rolling over her like a drowning wave. She squeezed him mercilessly, and he grabbed her shoulders, shoving hard inside her and yelling. It shocked her, that primal sound in their sweet house, and she jolted, and it squeezed him, and he groaned, and the cock that she'd never had a disagreement with kicked, and she gasped and shuddered, and he yelped, and she laughed. Then he laughed, and then, oh God, they were going to suffocate and die like this. They'd be found dead cold with his cock in her cunt and crazy grins on their faces, and her in her bare slippers. She giggled so hard she shook him where he'd slumped on top of her, also laughing. His dick trembled out. Get off, she gasped. I can't breathe. He slid to the side with an ugh. She finally lifted her face from the sheet, and the air was cool and smelled of sex and pine saw. She turned to look at him. He was staring up at the ceiling with a goofy grin and odd wide eyes. I'm going to stop declaring my hatred of Saturday mornings. She frowned. Do you hate Saturday morning? She thought he liked the t-ball practices and stocking the target toy aisles with the kids for sales so that the birthday party gifts didn't bankrupt them. He turned to look at her. His lashes were so thick, they felt like kitten fur when she rubbed her thumbs over them. No, he said softly, but remember what Saturday mornings used to be like? Long mornings in bed that often blended into early afternoons. Some Saturdays, all they'd accomplish was ordering a supreme pan pizza. They hadn't had a TV in their room and hadn't lacked for entertainment. Their twin bed meant that only one person could lay on their back at a time. They'd slotted together like a peg and board. They'll be like that again, she whispered. This is just a period in our life, he said. We'll find pockets of time. This was one hell of a pocket. She felt almost dizzy with possibility. How hard was it to get away? The next weekend, Jacob found her in the living room, finishing the vacuuming. He told Libby he'd forgotten the snack crackers this time. As he was squeezing her nipple through her nightshirt and backing her toward the ottoman, he murmured, God, I love these little cotton nightgowns. She pulled her mouth from his earlobe with a wet suck. You do? 
His big hands smoothed down the plain yellow nightshirt with white buttons over a waist that wasn't so small anymore and hips that weren't as sleek. Yeah, why wouldn't I? Just... He pushed her down on the ottoman and kind of loomed over her, and her voice went weird and breathy. I thought you'd like sexy push-up bras or crotchless panties or... He smiled right into her face. She suddenly felt like a little lamb about to be eaten, like she didn't have 15 years of bossing him around at her disposal. Rosie, I don't need anything fancy. But then he showed her fancy when he twisted her on the ottoman, flipped her head where her hips used to be, like she was an arrow in a spinner game, and buried his head between her legs, getting her panties nice and soaked with teasing before he ripped them down her legs and really went to work. Rosemarie helplessly thumped at his jeans with her hands before he was nice enough to unzip and get his cock out, put his knees up on the ottoman, and carefully and gentlemanly fuck her throat. She came with a wail, and Jacob had to shower, and Rosemarie had to find the fabric cleaner for the ottoman. Libby was not too happy with him when he showed up, without crackers. For the next six days, Rosemarie felt seventeen again. Her husband flirted with her. He gave her long, lusty looks from under his kitten-soft lashes. She put on lipstick for him and left kiss prints on his side of the mirror and on his lunchbox Tupperware and centered on the crotch of his boxers at the top of his underwear drawer. They sat too close on the couch, and his dad privately warned him that if he knocked up the Thompson girl, there'd be no college for him. Jacob gently reminded him that he'd already knocked her up three times. Each kid individually asked in their own unique way for them to stop acting so weird. They didn't have sex during the week for the same reasons they normally didn't have sex, too busy and too tired. But whether she was crashing into sleep or tossing and turning with her standard worries, there was a low hum in their bed that grew as every day passed. When her husband gave her an exhausted smile right before he turned off his bedside lamp, she knew he was thinking the same thing she was. Six more days till Saturday. Five more days till Saturday. Four more days. Three more days. Two. One. But when Saturday came, Rosemarie was taking forever to put the cleaning supplies back under the sink and thinking that, really, she should have changed out of her nightshirt and into real clothes already when she got the text from Jacob. Rosie, so sorry. Libby didn't come to game. At second birthday party, we'll be home in an hour. I love you. Well, she had an hour. Rosemarie sat on her kitchen floor in her nightshirt and cried for 30 minutes. Then, as is the way of things, just when they thought they were geniuses who'd figured out what no one else could, a kid was sick and home the next weekend. The other two caught it and were home the following week. A spring thunderstorm soaked the ball fields the week after that. And then, terrifyingly, Jacob's dad fell. It was only a broken wrist, but Rosemarie and Jacob had to have a serious conversation about whether they were providing the best care and whether they could afford anything else. The doctor reassured them that, yes, they were doing a good job, but for two weeks, it felt evil to want anything for themselves. The next weekend, when Rosemarie was helping load the fruit snacks and juice boxes into the minivan in her knit pajama pants, Jacob grabbed her pinky with his through the driver's side window. Maybe that just wasn't our pocket, he said, shaking her hand. We'll keep searching. 
She smiled but saw the same suck-it-up sorrow on his face. Because when? When would they have the time to look? So it was one hell of a surprise the following weekend to hear everyone banging home just 20 minutes after they'd left and the TV come on and then to watch her wild-haired husband charge through the bedroom door and grab her and shove her back against it. He kissed her like he'd been slowly suffocating since he'd gotten in the van. He kissed her like it was the only way he could breathe. Jacob, she trembled against his mouth, tasting his breath and the familiar steam of his tongue. He shoved her nightgown up to her shoulders. Fuck pockets, Rosie. He growled against her nipple before sucking on it and sending her up on her toes. Let's just rip a hole in the material if we have to. She let out a sob that she hoped was drowned out by Paw Patrol's latest rescue. She got her hands in his jeans just as he buried his hand in her panties, and they could jack each other off as well as they could do themselves. They'd never lost those terrified, furtive arts they learned before they visited Planned Parenthood. But she wanted so much more than that. She was all but crawling up him and pushing down his pants with her bare feet when the door tried to come open at her back. Mommy, can we? Two fingers inside her, his calloused thumb rubbing so good and sweet, Jacob shoved her back to keep the door closed. Her man had love handles and big, strong arms. He paused as she took a gulping breath. You need anything, baby? She called. Can we open the donuts? Their eldest knew the donuts were for Sunday, and he had the kind of sweet tooth they were trying to put a kibosh on. I'll make sure to share with the girls, and Poppy only gets one. Their eldest was the wiliest kid and the best big brother around. Yeah, baby, thanks for asking. Her husband looked her in the eyes, smiling, knowing, as he slowly worked those two fingers in her, swirling, testing, then pulling them out. He slid her a little up the door, put his cock to her pussy, and let her slip slowly down onto it. She bit her lip, and his eyes went heavy at the thick, liquid, tight, full, hot sensation, like they were both feeling the same thing. She arched up high on the ball of her foot while the other thigh gripped his hip. He squatted to push in deep. They weren't going to be able to do it like this for long. They wouldn't need long. Jacob was rocking into her, into her, and thank God for old houses and not being able to find a plumb line anywhere because the door stuck in the jam just enough to keep it from thumping. Still, Rosemary made a sound and Jacob groaned, Rosie, before pushing their mouths together as tight as the stuck door. And here, she suddenly realized, here they'd found their pocket. Here, she could be as loud as she wanted. Here, here, he could be as filthy as he could dream up. Here, in the rips that they would tear. In five seconds here, in five minutes there, and twenty minutes when they got really spoiled. They could celebrate with their mouths and minds and the magic of their bodies what they had and have and would have for years to come. She cried as she came, and Jacob kissed away her tears. They wiped off with washcloths. Rosemary pulled on the first thing she could find. Then they walked downstairs, holding hands, and took their family into the summer sun, letting the screen door close on the dirty house and the blinking phones and the birthday presents, and instead filled this little tear with only what they wanted to carry. Thank you.
past Yeah, I will try to do my best To keep you safe inside this nest And keep your gravity from pulling you to Earth I'd like to say this gets more clear When it's more cloudy every day But summer's gonna come and burn the stormy clouds And all the doubt away Alright you guys, we hope you enjoyed today's story. That was Angelina M. Lopez's story titled Hot Pockets. You can follow them on Twitter at Angelina M L O. If you are do you have a you <laughs> No 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 <laughs> Oh my god, he just tried to put a clamp on my nipple. That's like a hardware clamp. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I haven't graduated yet. You might like it. I like the magnetic ones, but no. <laughs> you're gonna do it. Get some areola in there. That's the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. It oh, looks. that's that's stingy. It's getting pink. It's that's going from kind of salmony pink flat. to like pink pink. <laughs> I have a flat nipple. Okay, I'm giving. <laughs> I'm tapping. I'm oh, tap, tap, pussy, tap. pussy, pussy, pussy. Oh, your turn. Let's see how long you can. Oh God. Okay. I gotta see can, it. Can you, right. And you gotta get your bra out of there. What? <laughs> but that was my protect. Wait a minute. Which nipple do I want? Yeah, my left. We'll go that way. Get the areola in there. Okay, go. Oh my lord. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna do the outro with that on. Okay, if you guys are not following us on Twitter already, do so right now at the KMQ so you don't miss out on any of our audiobook giveaways. Subscribe to our newsletter at thekissmequicks at gmail.com to get our sexy episodes delivered right to your inbox. Feeling it. If you want more sexy stories and would like to support the show, go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Carraway. I think my voice is getting sexier as the pain increases. <laughs> Remember to leave us a review so that more lured listeners like you can find us. Audio production by Big Daddy, Dave Carraway, who enjoys putting clamps on nipples. <laughs> the KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists, Josh Woodward, including the feature credit song, Goodbye to Spring, and the KMQ introduction music by Vivage. The Kiss Me Quick's Erotica Podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 7. Edited by the lovely, sweet, and ever-so-smart Rachel Kramer Bussell. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? No. Okay, give me your reaction. Okay. Can you see? Okay, go. Ooh, it left imprints. <laughs> wow. So close your eyes and say goodbye to spring. Stupid fish. Left nipple is definitely protruding more than right. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun.